What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first podcast episode of Children Using New Technology. Don't ask me how I came up with that name. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I put like five things down on a list. They were all super inappropriate. This is what I came up with. And if you know me at all, you know that that's kind of right along the lines of my sense of humor. You either laugh about it and be happy or be offended and be sad. That's completely your choice. But anyways, uh, if you are easily offended, this probably isn't the best podcast for you to listen to because I talk about a lot of stuff that's probably offensive to a lot of people. But anyways, I figured I would take this first podcast opportunity to just introduce myself because uh, I don't really know exactly what I'm going to talk about on this channel. I think I'm going to keep that open, uh, which is why I picked a name that's not specific. I have a lot of background in a lot of different things, and it's all kind of just made this whole person concept of who I am. And that's not really pigeonholed into one thing. So, you know, like when I first started thinking about a podcast, I was like, oh, maybe I'll do an off-road podcast because I have so much experience in off-roading. I work in the off-road industry. I am a former YouTuber. You know, I used to have 25,000 YouTube subscribers and I recently quit that. We'll talk about that in the podcast and I'll explain why. But in this first podcast episode, I just figured I would, uh, I'd give you some background on myself, a little bio, if you will, just so that you know who I am. And from there, we can call in guests and we can get drunk or we can do whatever we want to do together. But <laughs> this first one is just going to be kind of an intro to help you guys get an understanding of who I am and some of my background so that you kind of know where I'm coming from on things. Uh, because I do I do hold some positions on things. Uh, I'm not going to get into politics on this channel, but, you know, I... I definitely have my opinions, but uh, first of all, I am not an extrovert. I'll start with that. I'm creating a podcast, right? I said I used to be a YouTuber. I've put myself out there in a lot of ways, but that doesn't mean that I want to talk to you or answer your messages or get notifications from listeners. I'm happy that you're listening to this channel right now, but that doesn't mean I want to interact. I really, I'm the kind of person that I'll go to a party I'll have a lot of fun and then I'll just pull off that Irish exit where I won't say anything to anybody, but my social battery runs out. I'm sick of dealing with people and poof, I'm gone. That's kind of been the story of the last six months of my life. Uh, following a divorce, packing up my Jeep and moving from Florida to California where I grew up to kind of reestablish my life, get out of some financial difficulties that I'm in now and start over, start something better. You know, I, I hear people say all the time that you know, you can't get to the best things without experiencing the worst things or some shit along those lines. It's, it's really uplifting and motivating and that's cool. I get it. Um, but the truth is that the hard times, they fucking suck. And I've dealt with them recently. I've dealt with a lot of, you know, stages of uh, acceptance and coming to terms with where my life is at. I never thought that I would be living in a guest room in my dad's house in California again because... Hell, I own a house. I rent a house in. I own a house in Illinois. I rent a house in Florida. Why am I living in a guest room out of a suitcase? That was completely my own choice, though, and so I have to come to terms with that one way or another, which I've spent a lot of time doing over the last six months. And you know, we can talk about that on this channel. I'm not afraid to open up because even though you might be listening on the other end of this, uh, and thank you for listening. I hope you subscribe to the channel and learn more about the shit show that has been my life. Um, it's just me talking to my phone right now. This isn't 
Um, this isn't an interview by any, this is me opening up to what I want to open up to about. And so I think that's kind of cool. And when we get farther into the podcasts, if I choose to continue this, you know, I'll bring guests in. We'll talk about Jeeps and, you know, tearing apart transmissions or off-road trips or stories that, you know, we may share together or whatever. But right now, um, I'm just going to give you some background on who I am. So my name's Jarrett. I'm 28 years old. I live in San Diego. Um, and I've experienced a lot of crap in my life. I was in the military for six years. I lived in the Midwest for eight. I lived in Florida for a year and seven months. I was married once. And um, my life has been amazing. It's been awesome. I have such unique experiences that I don't think anybody else could possibly um, be able to relate to all of them, you know, because it's just been kind of a mixed bag. But we'll start at the beginning here. So I grew up in a town called Ramona, California, small little farm-ish, like rural kind of town in San Diego County. It's inland though. And I grew up on a 120 acre ranch as one of six kids. Uh, I grew up really poor and I was a really good kid in school. I wouldn't say I was good at school, but I was good in school. I was, because I've always just been a, a nice person. Uh, I make a lot of friends. I don't say that, I wouldn't say that I'm clicky. I kind of made friends with everybody. And when I was in high school, I <laughs> really got into girls and partying. And that's what I, that's what I did a lot in high school. And my friends and I would go get drunk every single weekend and we'd go throw up in the middle of a field and run from the cops. And, you know, there was a lot of crazy stuff that went on when I was 16, 17 years old. And then um, I moved out of my hometown the day I graduated high school and I moved into an apartment with two of my best friends. And I got a job right away. First weekend I moved out there, I applied for a job, went and interviewed, took the drug test, all that stuff and got hired. So I worked at a tire shop called America's Tire right off the 15 freeway in Ontario, California. If you've been out there, you can go see it. It's a great place. But I, again, um, I've, I've made a lot of good friends out there that I still talk to to this day. I just, I'm a, I'm a friendly person, very um, extroverted introvert, but I do need that personal time. So um, I'm not always the first to answer a phone call. I'll watch it ring and I won't pick it up or I'll get a text message and I'll open it just to get the notification to go away. But that doesn't mean I'm going to respond ever. Um, and that's something that I work on every now and then because, um, you know, I've had like grandmothers pass away and I never talked to them. You know, I, like I know that like they're, they're on their deathbed and I have all the power in me to just call them and talk to them one last time. And I, I don't. You know, it's, there's things that I regret about the way that I am just because um, I think I prefer to just be alone. And luckily, you know, my mom is the exact same way. So I have this good relationship with, with my family where it's you can um, you can leave forever and come back and we're just going to pick up from the day that you left. And everybody still loves each other. Everybody's happy. Everybody's family. A lot of my friends don't understand that. And so... Um, I've kind of gone through waves of friendships with people. The ones that have stuck it out just understand me. But anyways, I I went from Ontario, California into the Air Force where I was a KC-135 air refueling instructor. And I 
passed gas on my stomach in the back of an airplane. And it was such a cool job. I loved it. Uh, I advanced through my ranks really quickly. I was a staff sergeant at 21 years old, which is almost unheard of in the Air Force. Uh, you know, I had made senior airmen below the zone. I had made staff my first time testing. And um, then I went through instructor school and I became a flight instructor. I went through leadership school to, to sew on my staff sergeant uh, stripes. And um, I also dated an officer, which is <laughs> super against the rules in the military because um, if you have experience in the military, you've got family in the military, anything like that, you know that officers and enlisted are not allowed to fraternize. I was fraternizing my ass off uh, with my ex-wife and um, she got out of the Air Force in 2014 and right after she got out of the Air Force, we announced that we were engaged. We had already been engaged for a long time and then I got married in the end of 2014. Um, but during that time, right around 2014, I think it was May 3rd when I got the call that um, because I was co-located with the chief boom operator of the Air Force that was in charge of hiring, he knew who I was personally and thought I was a real fast burner and the next chief of the Air Force. And so he decided to give me a non-voluntary assignment to Altus, Oklahoma, where I'd already gone through that hellhole of a place for my initial flight training and then for my instructor training. And he wanted me to go back for three years to tough it out and get the instructor school instructor um, checked off of my list because he thought it was the next uh, career progression thing for me to do. And being that I'm such a rational person, I got that notification of a non-vol to Altus. And I said, no, fuck that. Fuck you. Fuck that. Fuck this. I'm getting out of the Air Force if that's what you want me to do. So luckily I had been going to school online. And so I was able to finish out my degree in business. But in December of 2015, at 24 years old, I got out of the Air Force. Pow. I really quickly realized that all of the qualifications that I had, um, all the respect that I'd gained from you know my knowledge and experience and awards that I had won in the military, they were all useless as a civilian. And life hits you really fucking hard when you're not prepared for it. So I got knocked on my ass a bit. And, um, you know, my security clearance didn't mean anything. I couldn't get hired anywhere. I just, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I'd never really thought about it because I joined the Air Force right out of high school. And I had this job that was just handed to me and it was the best job I'd ever had or will ever have in my life. And so I had to kind of figure that out. And it sucked because I went and I managed an auto shop for a while in St. Louis. And I went from, you know, having that, that reputation and respect from my peers and even supervisors to just being a guy behind a counter that people got to yell at. And it, it pushed me down into a dark place where I was, I was unhappy and I was not content. And so that's when I created my YouTube channel. It was called Crawl TV. And I figured with the experience that I had from my own personal life in the off-roading world, maybe I could just help people with little things that they may not know if they're getting into off-roading and jeeping and stuff like that. And that's kind of when I started all of that. And it was, um, it was a great outlet for me to spend the one day a week that I had off from being an auto shop manager, doing something that I felt like was productive in my own life. You know, like I could, uh, 
I could see a way out of where I was because I was sharing my knowledge and demonstrating some level of professionalism and, and you know, technical expertise, if you will, in this category. So um, I got into making those YouTube videos and stuff, but back professionally, I would go to work on Monday the following day and I would just hate my life. So um, luckily, even if I'm not happy inward, I'm still really chipper <laughs> as a person outwardly. Um, but I do, like I said, I've got that social battery, man. So I can just, you know, every now and then, if it's a bad day, if I don't want to deal with people, like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be your best friend. And, um, you know, like if you're at work, you have to do your job regardless of whether you want to be social that day or not. So I'd made really good friends with a lot of different people and I'd done favors for, my local distributors and things like that. People like, you know, parts houses that would get parts to me quickly. I'd made friends with them to kind of keep that relationship warm. And I got a job offer from a guy in Napa who wanted me to come be a regional manager for them, manage one of their warehouse locations and a few of their retail locations in St. Louis. And it was a big opportunity for me because it was the first time since the Air Force that I had been recognized for anything. And so I took the job and I left the auto shop job and then I was still in my 90 days at Napa when I got a job offer from the company that my wife worked at. It was a aeronautical technical data software coding company. And um, I had applied there a year prior and interviewed and they said they would call me back and they never did. So I just thought it was gone. And they called me and they said, hey, we had a contract open up. The position is still vacant and we'd like you to fill it. You can start in two weeks if you'd like. Here's your initial salary. And the initial salary wasn't beautiful, but it was a much easier job and it was still paying higher than working at Napa. So I left Napa in that first 90 days of probationary period and I went and worked for this data company. And then um, I worked in this data company. I thought I'd be able to use all that crazy airplane knowledge that I had floating around in my head from when I was in the Air Force. You know, I, for all intents and purposes, I knew how to fly a fucking airplane. I could file a flight plan. I could check the weather. I could calculate takeoff and landing data. I could calculate the CG of an aircraft. I could, you know, run the fuel loads. I could punch all the numbers into the box. I could, I could get everything going on the plane. I could run a pilot's checklist, but I was not a pilot. So um, not being a pilot, uh, stunted where I could actually work within that company because the analysts of that company were pilots like my ex-wife was. And so I got a job in configuration management and that pretty much relegated me to sitting behind a computer and running Excel spreadsheets and not to mention I had to work with this stubborn, bitter old lady who just decided from the day that I started she didn't like me. And it made that two years that I worked at this company just miserable. And in <laughs> December of 2017, um, that old lady and I had a little bit of a confrontation and we had settled our beef. But then since I worked with my wife, who was much more of a type A person than me, um, she like the differences between her and I are endless, but essentially like if it comes down to being confrontational, I'm on one side of the fence and she's on the other side of the fence. She has no problem getting in your face and yelling at you. I don't know if she's ever had to physically fight somebody like I have, but I don't like to start fights because you know, I'm not a big guy and um, it's just not in my nature. I think that I'm, I'm much better as a friend than an enemy if you don't like me, whatever, look the other way, you know, like, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out of my way to like, you know, do things that are gonna upset you or hurt you. I just, if I don't like you, I'm just not gonna talk to you. But anyways, my ex-wife and this woman, um, 
they had their little interactions together and this woman felt so disrespected that she packed up her desk and left and called the CEO and HR and was crying to them and stuff. And this all happened on a Friday. And the following Monday, we came into work and my ex-wife and I were both fired on the same day. And it was a week before Christmas, 2017. And it knocked us on our asses because our household income went from a very healthy six figures to zero. And so we started selling everything that we owned. I got a job as a dispatcher for an airline company and I was uh, working graveyard shifts, 12 hour shifts, um, coordinating fuel loads and flight plans and all that shit that I knew how to do from the Air Force. But um, we weren't bringing in enough money. I was trying to sell things on my off time. Uh, and it was just a really depressing time in our lives because we we'd taken such a financial hit and it was winter time in the Midwest. And so it was cold and miserable. And we were selling off even the furniture in the house, trying to make the mortgage payments and keep the lights on. And um, at some point we gave up. And we said, you know, we're just going to pack up everything else that we own. We're going to put this on credit. We're moving to Florida, a place where it's sunnier, where it's warmer. We're going to start over. We're going to get the hell out of the Midwest. And so we owned the house that we were in, but we left it. And I hired a construction company at the small rate of $20,000 to come in and renovate the house to get it up to code so that we could get renters to move into it. Acquiring debt without income is not a good idea, kids. Anyways, we moved to Florida. I worked a whole shitload of jobs. Uh, I was drilling wells for a while. I was delivering and repossessing storage sheds. I picked up another job as a shop manager, working for an off-road shop that couldn't manage their money. And then I got a job working at a more well-known and respected off-road shop as the brand manager, uh, doing all their social media, their marketing, their content creation, and then coordinating all of their builds for SEMA. And then I eventually um, took on the task of running the shop as well, coordinating the employees' uh, jobs, their hours, and I fell into more of an admin role there too. So my job was super broad, and any little thing that got dropped, um, I love the owner to death, but he cannot communicate with his employees, and he would lose his mind occasionally and come in there and just be irate and scream at people. And like I said, I'm not a confrontational person. You know, I like it when people are straight up with me. You can be honest with me. You can tell me you hate me. You can tell me that I'm doing something wrong, but you better be specific because I'm going to take that information and I'm going to either build upon it or I'm going to find a way to quit because I don't want to deal with it. And um, luckily in this job, I, I stuck it out and I made it through SEMA of 2018 and it was extremely successful. We did photo shoots. We had three SEMA booths total. Uh, one of them was with BF Goodrich. It was outdoors. It was a live build. There was a lot of stuff going on that year. And then we got back to Florida and um, I just couldn't do it anymore. So December of 2018, I quit and I was unemployed for Christmas the second year in a row. Um, <laughs> and so then I went back to delivering and repossessing storage sheds. You know, I leave every job I have on good terms. It's just, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's a business deal. You know, there's nothing personal about it. And um, that was when I also decided that I needed to focus on this YouTube thing that I'd created for the last four years more seriously because it was something that I really seriously enjoyed. And at that time, my channel was right around 18,000 subscribers and growing, and I wasn't spending nearly enough time on it. I knew it had potential. Um, and it was a project that my ex-wife uh, worked on with me pretty regularly. So it was something that we also shared as an interest and a hobby, but we didn't want it to take over our lives. So uh, I decided to focus on that and create some 
steady income through that and through, it was filed as an LLC. And so I did some outside marketing as well. I, uh, I did marketing for a company called Aerolids. I was writing for a forum called RevKit. Um, I was, you know, making technical videos for a drive shaft company. I was doing things that were bringing in enough money in addition to the YouTube and Amazon.com revenue to actually hold up my end of the marriage and make sure that, you know, like the bills were paid and stuff, but it wasn't extremely fruitful and it was inconsistent at best. So, um, I picked up some, you know, random jobs where I was flying to these wholesale distribution companies for these new products and training inside salesmen and then traveling for these video shoots in Moab and doing off-road trips. And it ended up costing me more money than I made. <laughs> There's, it was not a good venture for me financially. And um, I acquired some additional debt and uh, I realized that, you know, it just wasn't ready to launch off the ground yet. And it takes money to make money. And, I, you know, I had spent so much time trying to pay my bills and stuff that I didn't really have anything left over at the end of the month. So um, during that time when I was doing all this traveling and inside sales and all this crap, uh, my ex-wife and I were, were getting on worse and worse terms because I was gone all the time. And when I was home, I was stressed out and it seemed like we were fighting a lot. And it came to a head in early August of 2019. We decided to get a divorce. So I packed up everything that I owned. No, take that back. I packed up almost nothing. I put it in my Jeep and I drove from Florida straight to California. I think I made it here in less than two days. I mean, I honestly, like I didn't stop for more than a couple hours. And um, then I got out here and realized like, fuck, I'm unemployed again. Like what the fuck am I doing with my life? Um, nothing has been steady. And all I was really hoping for when I got out here was to just find something stable, you know, close down the business. Let's Let's focus on being an adult. Let's get this debt taken care of. Let's find a stable living condition, you know, like completely wipe from December of 2017 when Grace and I both got fired to, um, you know, August of 2019. It was just a fucking disaster. And I just never felt like I had my feet under me. And so it just made life so difficult and so confusing and so tough and um, you know, my divorce was very amicable. We both just realized like we'd been through so much shit that if we weren't happy together, there was nothing else making us happy. So, um, I got out to California and I started looking for a job as hard as I could. But when I got out here, I also started building my own house, you know, like leave it to me to be in a down and out situation and say, hey, you know what would fix this? Building a house from the ground up. Um, which is usually not the answer for anybody, right? Uh, luckily for me, like I had the support of my parents. It was, it's on a property that I'm inheriting. So um, they foot the bill financially for me to get started on this. And it was actually extremely rewarding for me because here I was freshly divorced in a bad situation, you know, feeling this like overwhelming guilt and depression. And I would go down to this house and I would just start working on it and I'd put on music and I would work on it for 16 hours a day. And I'd be up all night applying for jobs and trying to schedule interviews. And then I'd get, get back up the next morning and I'd go focus on this house. And it just, 
it was a way for me because I don't, I don't talk about problems. I don't really convey myself very well. I've, I've been accused of that in my marriage of just being um, like unemotional. And that's not me at all. I'm actually an extremely emotional person, but I don't communicate things well. And I think it's ironic now that I'm sitting here talking to my phone about it on a podcast, but it's just part of who I am. Like I said, I mean, I can, trying to like open up to other people is just not something I do. So um, working on my house was actually like the best therapy in the world for me. And during that time, I, uh, I went and did some phone interviews, did some in-person interviews, and I got hired in what I would consider to be my dream job, the job that I'm working now. I have a degree in marketing, or I have a degree in business. I'm working on a master's degree in marketing. And this job is off-road marketing. It's perfect for me. It was a perfect fit. And coming into this job with the network that I had from being a former YouTuber, knowing all these companies, knowing all these people, knowing who the influencers are because they were my peers at one time was invaluable. Like, I don't like to pat myself on the back, but I think that this company struck gold when they found me because it was just perfect timing. They had a position opening up. Uh, it wasn't the position that I'm in now, but you know, sometimes you got to get in and show them how much of the shoes you can fill and then they'll kind of carve that section of the company out for you. And that's kind of what happened. Now I, I control all the sponsorships and events for all the Jeep, uh, Toyota, truck, Overland, um, dual sport, enduro markets, which is amazing. It's everything I ever wanted. Um, so I'm, I'm recovering from that six-month period I told you about where I was just isolated. I didn't, I closed the doors. I shut the YouTube channel down and I didn't, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I wanted to, to silently focus on what I wanted and make my life better. And, um, it's working slowly and now I'm okay to open up about it and start talking about it again, because I feel like my life is at a point of upward trend where it's not weighing on me every day. I mean, sure. My financial situation is fucked from my early twenties, but, um, Nothing is, you know, like permanent. It just requires a lot of sacrifice. So like the Jeep that I built from the four years that I had my YouTube channel. Yeah, I got to sell that thing because it's worth 35 grand and I need that 35 grand. You know, like I have to make sacrifices. I bought a Prius to com commute in and the car is ugly and it sucks and it's slow, but I put $25 in gas in it and it lasts me over a week. And that's the kind of shit that I need right now. I need to simplify my life. I need to get rid of all my liabilities. I need to, you know, figure out what I'm going to do with my assets, like my house in Illinois. I probably need to sell that as well. And, you know, just kind of minimize shit until I'm back to zero so that I can start over with a better life. So all those motivational quotes of, you know, like the, about, uh, the brightest mornings or after the darkest nights, all that crap, like all the motivational stuff, which I'm just kind of like, ah, yeah, whatever it, it's true. And it makes sense. And, um, I've struggled to find motivation a lot of days and I have just consistently gotten up and gone and done it, even if I didn't want to. And I'm, I'm happy about where it's at now, but now I'm at a point, it is January of 2020. Um, I did make it through 2019 Christmas with a job that was fantastic. And, <laughs> um, I'm still working on that house. I'm actually going to bed early tonight so that I can go work on it tomorrow. And, it's got walls, it's got a roof, the drywall is in, I'm trenching electricity down to it for a, um, getting the circuit breaker panel put in. Uh, it's, it's really close to being livable. 
And that's really exciting for me because I need my own space. I've been living in a guest room in my dad's house and I can't tell you how much I hate not having my own space. There are nights, and I kid you not, where I will leave work, I will drive all the way back to my hometown where my dad's house is, and I will sit in my car until I know that he's asleep because I don't want to interact anymore. I don't want to have a conversation. I just want to be on my own. I want to be able to put my thoughts into words on a piece of paper. I don't want to have to talk to anybody. And um, the friends, like I said, the friends that understand that um, are awesome because they're just waiting. They know that I'll be back. They know that I'll be back on the internet. They know I'll be back doing big things and trying to make big waves because that's what I do. But um, I don't make little waves. I don't make small talk. I don't. I don't know. I have a lot of friends, but I think I only have a few that are really important to me, if that makes sense. I'm uncomfortable in large crowds. I can speak to a crowd because I can turn that introverted side of myself off and I can, I can make great presentations, but it's not something I'm comfortable with. So, um, yeah, anyways, now you guys have an idea of who I am. And on the next podcast, I'm going to stop talking so much about my personal life and maybe we'll pick a fun topic to cover because you guys, you know, I, like I said, I've got a weird world of experience as everybody does, but my world of experience goes from briefing generals on strategic deterrence through nuclear nonproliferation to selling air filters to coordinating, you know, anti-icing and hangar locations and passenger loads for airlines. And then here I am now uh, coordinating sponsorship agreements and planning events for an entire calendar year for a company that is realizing that I'm actually a pretty valuable employee and it's it's come a long way. The, the last 10 years and 10 and a half years of my life since being in high school have been a major growing period of my life, you know being in the military, having been married. There's a lot of stuff. So I'm excited for what the next 10 years hold. I have no idea what they're going to hold, though, because I still have these crazy goals. Uh, We can get into that, too. So anyways, thank you for listening to my very first podcast on children using new technology. Again, that name just cracks me up. Sorry, it has nothing to do with this podcast. But then again, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself. So it's broad. All right. Thanks for watching or listening, I guess. And I'll see you on the next one or see you next time. (laughs) Bye.